Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, everyone. How are you tonight? Uh, my name is Kaya May, and I am one of your hosts this evening for Game Over Vancouver. Um, that was certainly something that just happened uh, against the Oilers. Um, but it's certainly hello, chat. Hello, everyone who's coming into the stream. I am here with my two co-hosts, Clay and Sam. Can we give them a warm... Oh, I messed up the Zoom thing. Can we give them a warm welcome, please? Hey, everyone. Hi, a good start. Sorry, I'm just readjusting. I may have made things too different. Okay, one second. You know, people say I have a big head, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> trial and error, trial and error. Okay. But yeah, welcome to Game Over Vancouver. Awesome. I'll have to be here I, with you guys. Yeah, I'm excited. But Sam, tell everyone who you are first. Uh everyone. I'm Sam. Um, if you don't know me, I am a co-host of the broadcast and also a panelist on Yahoo Zone Time and a long, long suffering Canucks fan. Well said. Well, if uh, I'm kind of the opposite of Sam, my name is Clay Emo. I'm Canuck Clay. I'm a longtime season ticket holder. I created three dozen parody songs about the team. Some would say my own content is a parody of itself, but I'm thrilled to be here with Kaya, with Sam. And yes, uh, I also have my own YouTube channel, Canuck Clay, and uh, do my own live streams as well. But I'm thrilled to be able to share um, co-host of Canucks After Dark as well with Parker. But I'm thrilled to share this time in the screen with, with Kaya and Sam. And uh, Sam and I were just kind of joking earlier that uh, we've known each other for two or three years virtually. We've never got a chance to collab. It took uh, the Steve Dangle Podcast Network to put us together but you might not find two more opposite people in terms of their Canucks views, but I think it's going to make for a lot of really, really good discussion. And right Fun in the Kaya's middle, right in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Lovely Kaya. Kaya, tell us about you. Um, I'm a little newcomer to the hockey media scene. I've been following the Canucks since I was a kid. Um, Cause I'm from Vancouver, grew up sweating in this very large hoodie blanket right now. Um, but uh, I'm kind of new to the whole hockey media thing, but this is something I want to go into because um, I'm representing the Gen Z scale of uh, Game Over Vancouver. So that's that's great. So you're Gen Z. Uh, Sam, what are you then? No comment. <laughs> I, I don't need more age jokes from anyone, okay? This is well, a Vanessa Jang I know, thing. but whatever you are, I'm 10 years older than that, so that's, don't worry. That's true. Well, according to Vanessa, I think that's that puts you at 220 years old, probably. Okay, well, then I look good for 220. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> so why don't we do this? Uh, let's uh, quickly just talk uh, really quickly about um, just kind of our, our background, and then we'll go into the, you know, our thank a sponsor, and then we'll go into our uh, um, our first segment, talking about tonight's game. So Kaya, uh, just uh, how did you get here? Basically, you 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 stream on other platforms yes. as well, don't you? Yes, I do. I yeah. um, stream on Twitch quite mm. a, quite often. Um, I am. Uh, thank you, Robert, for putting the pronunciation of my name <laughs> in the chat. Um, I am a Twitch streamer. I stream a lot of video games, particularly Star Wars video games. But um, on the side, I'm also a huge hockey fan. So I've been following SDPN. Uh, in general for a while, especially STP. Um, but uh, when they announced Game Over Vancouver, I thought it was a great opportunity to meet new people and kind of explore 
the market and discuss the team that we all love and also hate. (laughs) (laughs) And Sam, how'd you get to this particular platform like with us today? Um, Like Kaya, longtime SDP fan uh, and Andrew Berkshire, who started the Game Over brand, and I have been Twitter pals for a while, and I guested on Game Over Montreal for a couple of games last season when the Habs played the Canucks, and uh, when they announced it, we we talked about it, thought it would be a good fit, and here I am. Awesome. And then for me, I've never met a microphone or a camera that I didn't like, as you guys can tell. <laughs> I'm the self-proclaimed founder of the GLCPC, the Good Looking Connects Positivity Club, uh, for not so obvious reasons. And truly, a, a, an opportunity to collab with some local content creators. And I think this is going to be really, really wonderful. And uh, we were kind of joking around how we got a really nice uh, kind of mix here when in terms of uh, how we feel about the team, our experience, and of course, representing the Vancouver landscape. So I think collectively, we are thrilled to be here. Yes, absolutely. Uh, We're just going to take a moment after the introductions to thank our sponsors, Sports Interaction. Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada's sportsbook. Football is back, baseball playoffs, and the hockey season is underway. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Made for Canadians, by Canadians, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Nicely done, Kaya. Thank you. <laughs> First ad read out of the way. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So if we were going to bet on this game, what would you have bet coming into this game? Because I think oh, God. we all agree. It was, a, it was a tale of two games. I'm not it, sure if you can bet on half the game. Maybe you can now. It true. Uh, yeah, sorry, Sam. If you want sorry, to go. I was just gonna say the broadcast actually did a live stream of the first period, and Georgia asked what our score predictions were, and I said five three Oilers. Wow! Wow! So I should have put money on it, but I yeah. didn't. Or you could have bet mistake. for the Canucks to win one of the other the other way. I, I don't. I don't. I know better. I know. Yeah. I know. It's like super. And so, Sam, why why would you say that? It's truly, did you know it was gonna be the McDavid show or? or- yeah, I mean, it. I always yeah. I always assume every Oilers game is the McDavid show. Um, I thought the Canucks would would show up, which they did. They all, and you know, it started off really well, but I I didn't think there was any version of this story where Connor McDavid didn't just take over in in a season opener. Yeah. There's yeah. There's no alternate universe where Connor McDavid does not dominate apparently. Um except for like interior design, I guess, um, that would be fun. But I don't know. It's just like the Vancouver seemed like they were going so well, like the power power ploy, the power play was popping off. Uh, Everything was going so great for the Canucks. Like at the beginning of the, or was it the beginning of the first or was it? Oh, when was the third power play when Kuzmenko scored? It was the beginning no, of the second. Of the second, correct. Beginning of the second. I put the wrong scores down in my sheet. I'm, I'm dumb. I'm bad at this. Um, no, you did You did research, though. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So it was Kuzmenko's first career goal. You know, it's 3 nothing. We think we're at a high. Andre Kuzmenko from, Spor- from Sportsnet Stats on Twitter says, first player in Canucks history to score a power play goal in his NHL debut. Pedersen's goal to make it one nothing was the third fastest goal to begin a season in Canucks history. (laughs) 
And then we lose with five unanswered, including a Connor McDavid hat trick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hate to admit it, but I do have McDavid in my fantasy pool. It's, it's oh. you know, kind of a no-brainer pick. Yeah. But Sam, I, I'm with you in terms of, or maybe you guys are, are with me, even when the Canucks went up 3-0, as well as they were playing as, as, as committed and as disciplined as they were to start off the game, you just got the sense, maybe it's because you're staring at McDavid and Dreisaitl on the other side, you just get the sense that it was never safe. And it didn't feel comfortable even though we were up three, nothing and seemingly dominating play. And that's, I guess that's what you get when you play against true superstars and we want PD to get there. We want Miller sort of to get there. And, but when you're playing against true superstars, the game is never safe. Is it like, it was kind of scary that way. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's something that I think this team is still learning. Like, you know, we always talk about, do the Canucks have one of the best top sixes, top nines in the league, arguably so. Are, are are core players at a point where they know how to take over a game? I don't think so. Hmm. Maybe once in a while, but not consistently. Not at the same level that the Oilers' top players take over the game. Like McDavid, right. Dreisaitl, pains me to say it, but Evander Kane. Like, he... It's just... It's <laughs> a lot of... it. They just have a lot going for them in Edmonton, and I despise it a little bit because of their draft history um because i don't know they just got really lucky in the mid 2010s and they Mm -hmm. have been riding that train ever since except for goaltending which everyone i saw jack campbell trending with mike smith on twitter and i was like that's not good that's not a good thing um but then i went back uh during the second period and the third period that's when Jack Campbell really like came into his own. And that's when the Canucks started having trouble kind of shooting because Jack just swallows up the rebounds. Whereas the Canucks, they're trying to even Petey's first goal. That was, that was like a rebound. Yes, it was off like Jack Campbell's butt, but it was a rebound. <laughs> um, so it's just kind of this whole thing. And Demko was the reason it did not get worse. I swear, like it should have been much worse but i i just really love the call by harner and singh believe i'm saying his name correctly um he said it was a fantabulous save at one point during the third yeah. about halfway or so um but yeah i just thought that kind of encapsulates thatcher demko like everything can be going wrong for the canucks and he is just there just standing all six foot four of him standing in the net like you can't touch me yeah, Demko was fine. And someone might look at the box score and say, oh, 5 3, oh, 25, only 25 shots net. Granted, one was an infinite goal. So he lets in four on of 24. But that I don't think that tells a story because you look at some of the some of the saves he made. That could have mm-hmm. it's a, not exaggeration to say it could be seven, eight, nine goals. Yeah. Kicking out the pad, flashing the leather. He was strong. I, I just you just see the difference between having top 20 players like Miller or PD as a top 30 versus the top two of the top five players in the world, or someone would even argue one, two. It, it just makes that much of a difference. I mean, Demko is rarely the problem, right? Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. You know, if Demko, if Demko is having an off night, the score is a lot worse, but he does, he does a lot with what he's got in front of him. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that that's true. And it, it, you can't, there's other issues today. And I, I don't want to get, you know, of course I, I'm, 
I'm not going to get too down on this team. You're, you're playing against the uh, final four team from last year in their home opener against two of the best players in the world. It's not excuses, but that's the reality. I guess the, the, the test will be to see what happens on the rest of this road trip, but one for eight on the power play doesn't cut, doesn't cut it. And I think that's another big issue why they, the Canucks lost as well. Yeah. Because considering the amount of penalties that Edmonton yes. got called for, which was in my <laughs> mind, insane. Um, but then like, yeah, one out of eight. Like, I thought the whole resurgence last year was because, oh, we have this great power play now, like, near the end of the season was like, oh, we're restructuring our power play. And I thought we were going to head head back into, the se- into this season with, like, that same momentum, whereas we had one of eight. Like, yeah, sure, the power play, it looked like a pinball machine at times, but you're st- you still need to shoot in order to score a goal. You can't just pass back to Quinn Hughes every time. <laughs> Yeah, you, there one. Yeah, go ahead, Sam. I was gonna say I I uh, was just looking at some of the stats after the game, and mm-hmm. I know uh, Thomas Jans just tweeted about it. But Miller was obviously the number one matchup against McDavid, and I think he had eight shots against. What did you think of that matchup? So sorry, McDavid had eight, or Miller had eight. McDavid had eight, eight I against. Mi- and when right. Petey was on, Petey was on for about half the time that Miller was. Uh, versus McDavid directly, and he had five shots for one against. Oh, okay. Okay. That well, I I think no matter who you put against him, um, th- wow that that's a big that's a big discrepancy though for sure yeah. for sure. Yeah, you know, Miller's Miller's defensive game is interesting because I think when he when and let's take Connor McDavid out of the equation when Miller is on his game and when he's committed. He, he can be pretty nasty to play against. And he, he's good at anticipating passes to the neutral zone, breaking plays up. Obviously, we know about his offensive giftedness, but he's still, uh, I know you guys saw it caught in third period where he rimmed around the boards backhand in his own end to uh, them. Uh, so mm-hmm. he still is prone to that. Maybe tries a little bit too hard, maybe tries to make things happen, but still prone to those mistakes. But um, if, if you're telling me that, that the team got kind of whitewashed uh, Miller against McDavid, I, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. In my opinion, like just Miller... He's not, he has not been the best at defense. Like, I remember a lot of people were saying, back checks, back checks, back checks, he doesn't do them. I noticed multiple times, even in the first period, where he was, you know, Edmonton's in our zone there, even though they had, like, I think it was, like, 12 shots or something in the first period, eight shots in the first period. Like, even though they were in our zone, he was still just kind of, like, standing there, like, Mark Shifley mode. So, (laughs) I just don't know. I'm just... Like, pair, pairing him with a Connor McDavid comparable. Connor McDavid is a guy who can quite literally do anything. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Miller still has, like, these kind of... Like, I'm not saying McDavid doesn't mess up, of course. But when Miller does, like... McDavid will have a mess up once in a blue moon, it seems. But Miller has at least a few in a, at least a few per game. And some of them are, like, high-cost moments. Mm-hmm. which I, I know they want to face him as like this new face of the organization because he signed this big contract for a long time deal. And it's just like, oh, wow, people want to finally play in Vancouver. Whereas it's just like, yes, but you can't expect him to be a Connor McDavid comparable considering Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid's comparable. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. 
I had one thought, maybe we could uh, wrap up this first part of the show by talking a bit about injuries. The first one, which I think was a turning point in the game, Sam uh, and Kaya, did you see, because uh, I was still driving home when this happened, so I didn't see Hughes get smoked in the face uh, on that Edmonton goal. Tell, tell me about it and tell me what you thought when you saw it happen. It was the turning point of the game. I just see, like, it's an Oilers power play, so I'm already on, like, mode, yeah. like anxiety mode, like, more than I usually am during a Canucks game. And then I just see Hughes go down. Quinn Hughes, one of my favorite players, like, he's, like, right back there on my wall, and I'm just like, oh, no, what happened? And then they replay it, and it was Kane. I stick to him. He has blood dripping onto his sweater, mm-hmm. and you can see it later on in, the vi- in like, the game. He has, like, what looks like a tampon, honestly, up his nose that the trainers had to cut to, like, make sure it stayed in his nose, and I was like, okay, that's fun. He's gonna play, like, what, still 25 minutes a game? Uh, with, you know, a bloody nose and like he's, and he obviously got hurt on the play and the refs, it was right in front of the refs because, you know, they're focused on the action, which was Mm -hmm. in, in front of the Canucks net because it was an Oilers power play and that's just what the Oilers do. Um, so yeah. And then he gets hit. There's no call. He goes into the room and he's gone for when the Canucks get their own power play for another call. Um, and OEL has to be the quarterback on the power play at the beginning. And then he comes out midway. I think he came out with the second unit um, with mm-hmm. Garland and Pearson and Besser and Hogs. Also, I thought it was weird that Besser is on the second unit. I think that's because he missed trading camp, but they're putting Kuzmenko in there. But since Kuzmenko is the only one who converted a power play tonight, what does that speak for Brock Besser on the power play? <laughs> like... Because I noticed, especially, it was late in, it was late in the third, or it was the beginning of the third, and when it was the two-on-one with uh, Brock on the left and then Pearson on the right, and they're coming into where Jack is. And um, Brock Besser, who's known for scoring goals, passed the puck to Tanner Pearson, who is not. Um, Which I just thought was an interesting move, and it reminded me a lot of early PD from last season when he was still nursing the wrist injury and he would, you know, pass instead of, you know, sniping it like everyone expects Elias Patterson to do or Elias Sadin, whatever you want to call him now. So <laughs> yeah, it just thought I just got flashbacks to that. So I understand he's probably still not a hundred percent because I know he just signed three more years with us. I know they probably want to keep him around. So it's not like a, putting him down kind of thing. I think they're just waiting for him to come back up. But this whole Kuzmeko being the only one who scored all the power play, like, I feel yeah. like that's kind of putting it in a bad place. And I feel like it might be a while before we see Besser on the first unit again, unless Miller yep. or Horvath goes down. But Yeah, no, there's a lot to unpack there. Sam, I want to give you a chance to chime in. I just want to say one thing. If you have Besser and Pearson on two-on-one, you really want Pearson passing to Besser and Besser shooting, not Besser passing to Pearson. And that's why they didn't get a shot off. Anyway, Sam, your thoughts just overall, we, there was a lot there. Yeah. I thought that I thought Kai was very, very thorough. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can talk about bad refereeing all we want. Um, I think when you have as many power plays as they had tonight and you don't convert on anything other than one, it's, it's hard it's hard to blame the refs, even though they were not good, but you know, on our side, I, th- I think that referees are in general really bad at their jobs. So I'm not sure that 
I'm not sure it was outrageously worse than usual. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're still rounding into regular season form too, or maybe that yeah. is their regular season form. I think that's their regular season form. Which means a lot more calls because I noticed they were specifically <laughs> um, targeting high sticking. Like, especially that yep. late call against Besser. Yep. I was like, okay, they would have not called that last season, I feel like. Yeah. Whereas... It's always interesting to see what yeah. what they focus on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like every season there's like a new penalty that they're going to focus on this season. Yeah. And I'm yeah. with you. I think high sticking was the one. The crowd at Rogers Place seemed to think that they should be focusing on anyone who gets in a five meter radius of Connor McDavid. That's automatically a penalty. Like you can't, you can't just like touch him. You know, it's a contact sport. No, 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 no touchy. Yeah. No touchy. You can't do that. Like. It's- okay, so we did a pretty good job. We spent twenty minutes breaking down this one game, game one, and we're all excited. But I think we should spend a few minutes now, if that's okay, talking about does this kind of at all uh, signal what we might expect from this season. So uh, there's so many people in the chat, which is awesome. We are th- so thrilled that so many people here for our first show. And yet you're going to see Sam and Kai and me a-, a lot, maybe sometimes together, sometimes separate, sometimes with other people. So please, while you're watching this on YouTube, like the video and rate it. If you're listening to this on podcast later and make sure you subscribe to this, uh, this YouTube channel as well. So ladies, uh, to you, is this a harbinger? I've never used that word before. I don't even think I've used it right. But uh, is this a harbinger of things to come? Uh, is this, it's okay. We played against the the best player in the world. How are you feeling overall? I feel like it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like that's, that's kind of putting them in a hard spot. Because, you know, it is, they are the best players. McDavid and Dreisaitl are the two of the best players in the world. Like, yeah. McDavid's probably number one, Dry Sidles at that top five. Arguably second, but personally, I don't think so. Um, uh, whereas, like, it is a hard place to try and succeed against that team. But then again, there are 19, or 18, I guess, Yamamoto wasn't dressed, so they only, they were short a player, but there are 18 other players on that ice surface with you. Like, I understand they are the best players, and it's a pretty darn good team in Edmonton. But at the same time, there are 18 other guys than just those two. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like as a thing to come, because I know our next game is against Philly, which, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's Philadelphia. No offense if there's Flyers fans, but like... You guys are. Yeah, they're not watching. Don't worry about it. You go. Oh yeah. You guys are on Bedard watch. You're fine. Um. And then we're playing Washington, and I understand Washington's going through a lot of injury stuff right now. Um. But we have to, in order to get our groove in, we need to get, for lack of a better term, get our shit together during this first road trip because the Canucks always start on a road trip for some reason. Like it's a similar mm-hmm. to what we started with last year, but yeah. like we don't have our first go home game until. 10 days from now against Buffalo. And so it's like, it's a, we need to get together. And I understand there are big injuries like Dermot, Dermot is out with a concussion, presumably Myers. I believe it was lower body, but I don't remember what it was. And Mikheyev is still out as well. Mikheyev will help with speed. I'm sure he'll be out tearing it up with Kuzmenko or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Myers will aid our defense in his chaotic way that he does. Um, but 
I don't know. It's just, it's, it's going to be an interesting season as they get into the groove of things with a full season of Bruce. And mm-hmm. they're all guys that miss camp too. Like Brock Besser just missed camp. Like yeah. that, that's a big deal. Hughes was just, Hughes just had, was sick for, I don't know, probably got the man flu or whatever. He was sick. Uh, OEL was having a maintenance day earlier and that was like a whole drama story and everyone was like, oh no, we, we don't have enough D-men. Like, no, no, we're good. We're good. We have like nine that we can dress. For, not in the game, but we have nine that we could, might have done the math wrong on that. But we have a lot of defensemen for some reason. Um, but yeah, there the lines I felt like were a bit weird because I saw quite a bit. It was Horvat, Garland, and Podkolzin. Which, I don't know, maybe it was, wasn't, was like, I, this is when I noticed it, because I noticed Garland and Pug Colson a lot, because, you know, they were all over the place, you know, they're trying to defend, they're chasing after the puck, Garland is doing his little spinny thing like he always does. I didn't notice Horvat a lot during this game, and I'm not sure what that's going to say, considering it's a contract year for him. Yeah. Like, I know it's the first game, so you can't just say, oh, it's a write-off from here, but I'm like... I was already thinking Petey's our next captain during part of the game. <laughs> like, that was just my thought. Like, I love Bo Horvat. I will support him, whatever he decides to do. But mm. I was, that's what my thought was. Sam, what'd you think? What'd you see? What'd you like? What didn't you like? I, I thought it was interesting you asked if it was a harbinger of things to come. Because for me, it's not so much a harbinger of things to come, but just more of the same, which I know mm. is really depressing. But um I, I just thought when they started the collapse, I've, I've seen this before. I've seen this team look good for a period and then I've seen them just collapse and it's, you know, it's hard watching the same thing over and over again. You know, they've, they've said, this is the year the team is supposed to, we're, we're good enough to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, you look at, you look at an Edmonton team. Yeah. They've got, they've got McDavid, they've got Dry's idol. Maybe, maybe Jack Campbell's an upgrade on Mike Smith. Their top defense pairing is Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece. Like, we're not playing, we're not playing a defensive team like the Colorado Avalanche tonight, you know? So it's not, it, it was disappointing to see that. I want very much Clay to be as positive as you are and think that <laughs> they're on the up and up. Um, but when you see a game like this, it's hard to, it's hard to see see that that's coming. Um, and then to Kaya's point about the various injuries, you know, if if you've got the president of your team uh, describing your blue line as certainly adequate if healthy, and all you've got is injury after injury, maintenance days. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm skeptical. I think I think Demko can put in a Vezina season, and it would still be pretty tough for them. Yeah, you know, that that's totally fair, actually. And and yeah, I try and balance my positivity with with not being an idiot, quite frankly, and uh not saying you're saying I'm an idiot, but I, I do look at this game and I, I don't want to give them a pass. I, I I like to think what would be different if Mikhaev, Dermot, and Myers were playing. Maybe not, maybe nothing. But uh, yeah, well, you said Kai, it's kind of weird that that line of Garland, Pod Colson, and and Horvat. It's because they didn't want to really mess with the other two lines. And I think when Mikhaev comes back, he's going to take Hoglander's spot. I think Hoglander struggled a lot today. Actually, missed uh, was losing a lot of board battles, missed the, the missed the net a lot. But I think overall, 
Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, but when you look at what Edmonton did is they destroyed us on their power play. They went three for four, I think. Then they get a shorty as well. That One of those was empty. Then they get a shorthanded goal, which is should count as like two power play goals. So uh, really, that, that was the difference in the game. So yeah, maybe the Canucks were up tight. Maybe they they weren't playing with a lot of discipline and maybe they're a little bit shorthanded, but maybe none of those things matter. But uh, I'm not going to freak out after one game, but just as I wouldn't be planning the parade route if they had one tonight. Okay, I will say I don't think yeah. I don't think that overall the power play is going to be as futile as it was tonight. I think that yeah. like over an 82 game season, that power play should be a lot better than it was today. I also feel That's like fair. it's again, it's October. It's October 12th. It's opening night. They need to still get back into the groove of things considering the preseason, even though it is very long. Some say it may be too long. The preseason did not treat the Canucks well. And I understand because of the amount of injuries they got, because they would have a lot of the AHL and prospects play in the earlier games, but they would have some, like, oh, the newer guys, they can play tonight, Mikheyev gets injured. And he was supposed to be, like, our big free agent signing. So, I don't know. I feel like, because they're still getting into the groove of things, if it gets to October 22nd, and it's the home opener, and we can't beat buffalo i will be a little worried <laughs> sure we should we should all come back together after the road trip and and check in with each other make sure we're oh, okay Look, it could always <laughs> be worse you could be the coyotes you could have a 14 game road trip coming up oh right yeah, yeah don't have to worry about that college yeah. college arena isn't done yet yeah and then come home to three thousand fans awesome <laughs> wow oh, gosh Okay, well, I think uh, we've done a pretty good job of recapping this game. We've talked about how worried or not worried we are at different uh, levels, obviously. So as we head into this last segment, what do we got to do, Kai? We're all still learning. Do we have to do something before we head into the final segment? Uh, we have to take a second pause. So let's just all take a breath. Okay, we can continue now. Because well, um, I stupidly drank a glass of water right before you said that. Yes, that was, that was really bad timing. You actually. can swallow. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. I'm just like I'm not. I'm not like God. I'm just gonna be like freeze, mortal. Like that's not. That's not what we're. That's not the vibe we're trying to go here with. So 130 people in the chat. I think uh, it's funny. It, it runs the gamut, just like kind of we have. Some people are saying they're already talking about Connor Bedard after Game One. Others are saying, you know, it's uh, it's game one against a really, really good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything in the chat that stood out to you? Um, maybe you haven't been looking at it. I, I'm trying not. I try to pay attention to you guys. But I was, I was to... laughing at the Bedard comments. I yeah. look. You're if you think you're going to beat out the Arizona Coyotes or the Chicago Blackhawks for Connor Bedard, oh, yeah. it would take a lot more luck than the Canucks have ever had since 1970 when they lost the draft lottery. Right. There's, oh, like yeah. virtual. It would have to be a massive reversal in Canucks vibes for them to win this draft lottery and get Connor Bedard. I think there is just something in the water in 1970 and we've just been cursed ever since. But like people, people could say, you know, Oh, Buffalo's had it worse. They haven't made the playoffs in 11 years. Okay. And they got a second overall in 2016. I get it. He didn't want to stay there, but they still got him. (laughs) They didn't want to stay there because they didn't want to give him, like, surgery to make his life easier. I feel like that's more on them than a curse. Anyway, I thought it was funny because I... There's there's a few comments here. Um, 
When times are tough, just remember we could be the Arizona Coyotes. Thank you, James, yeah. for that. It could always it could always be worse. Is it worse to be that bad or mediocre? The Canucks story. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I think we should give our answers. I say it's worse to be mediocre because at least if you suck that bad, you can get Connor Bedard. The worst thing you can do is to either just miss the playoffs or squeak into the playoffs and never have a high pick. Mm-hmm do kind of okay and just never win anything. It's so much worse to be mediocre. Yeah. Thank you, Robert. Yes. Well, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's the same thing with mediocre because everyone forgets the mediocre teams. As long, as long as if you're bad, they remember that you're bad. Like people have been making fun of the Coyotes, Canadians, Flyers, Blackhawks. Uh, there are more teams that are bad. Um the Sens, I guess, before, I guess, this offseason. I don't know. Apparently, they're good now. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to get Sens for saying that. But the mediocre teams, you forget about them. Yes. No one remembers them. That's a great no point, one, Kaya. Yeah. Because yeah. no one yeah. no one remembers. Like, I often forget that Nashville exists. Mm-hmm. For, I often for I don't want to call St. Louis mediocre because, like, they won the Cup three years ago. But also, like... They haven't really done anything notable since that, really, aside from try and take Kadri out by an elbow to the head um, during that one goal celebration. I remember that. Um, uh, there's a few Oilers in the chat that aren't very happy with us. Um, Why? Who said we're hating on the Oilers? We basically sang their praises and said you guys were good. I so think- uh, really quickly, though, mediocre, it brings up images of nondescript of of unremarkable whatever term you want to use so yeah it, 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 we've had quite frankly uh, too too much mediocrity since since the 2011 2012 2013 really good teams and that's why we've made the the playoffs twice or once i'd say it's twice in the 9 years i guess if you count the bubble so yeah this is the year this is the year that obviously we say this every year that we want to get out of that mediocrity so we'll see what happens but uh after one game, I, I agree with you, Sam, as much as I, as positive as I am, it did feel a lot like um, kind of what we got used to last year. So uh, good thing is it's, it's just 81 more, but yeah, it would be nice to have, we talked about a win tonight for sure on the debut of Game Over Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. If anything, I feel like it's worse last year because I think I'm not confident in this, but we lost in a shootout last year in the opening yeah. night against the Oilers. Yeah, and I don't correct. remember if it was 2-1 or 3-2. Uh, 3-2. 3-2. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, it was 3-2 and we lost in the shootout. And I feel like that's somehow, I don't, I feel like that's somehow better because we also got a point out of it. Whereas this one, we were so close and then the Oilers score and then they get the empty net, which is McDavid's hat trick. Whatever. Yep. Like, it's just, it's... <sighs> It's going to be a long road for 82 <laughs> games. Um, but you know what? It'll be interesting. Patrick Alvine traded Jason Dickinson in the middle of a preseason game. Who saw that coming? I feel like it is going to be, yes, we lost our first game of the year, but that doesn't mean we will lose the other 81. Right. 81 and 1. I can't wait. Yes. I can't wait. We have, um, we play Edmonton again on December 23rd, I believe. 
That mm-hmm. sounds right. December 23rd in Edmonton, and then again January 21st in Vancouver. And Edmonton's like trying to facilitate this whole rivalry with us ever since the preseason, and like they kept throwing hits on like Patterson and everything. So yeah. I feel like those games will be fun to watch, and I feel like that'll be Vancouver's rede- redemption arc against them. But also, Vancouver, yeah, they lost, but they lost to the team that made it to the Western Conference Final. So, like, the only teams they really should have any trouble against would be Colorado and Edmonton and Tampa. That's, like, the only feasible thing. I'm just like, <laughs> if, you, if you think of it that way, then we should be able to win 75 games. All right, 75 and 7. Now, 75 so and as, 7. There we go. As we, we should probably look at wrapping up. This is good. we got to save some energy for the other 81 games. Yes, yes. We are still going to figure out uh, who's going to do what games. But Sam, if you had to predict the rest of this road trip, so the Canucks come home to face the Buffalo Sabres on October 22nd, and how many points do they have in the bag out of a possible 10? Well, now it's possible eight. <laughs> I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to say five. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I, I had them as two, two and one. I thought they would lose this one in the, the Washington one. I think that they're going to beat Philly and Columbus. And I, I said, they take at least one point off Minnesota. So yeah, I think five would make sense. Kaya. Um, Look at us. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, see, we're more alike than we thought. <laughs> I'm around the same. In my original yeah. prediction, I had them winning against Philadelphia and Washington. Um, yeah. But losing, I believe they could take Columbus to overtime. But also, mm-hmm. Columbus lost pretty bad tonight. Um, good. good. And also, Patrick Line is out. So, yeah. who knows how good Columbus is going to be. I know they just got Johnny Gaudreau, but is he going to be what he was in Calgary last year? Especially on a different with different chemistry with line mates and everything so i feel like that's going to be an interesting matchup i do think yeah vancouver is going to come out maximum five maybe six if we could squeak out six that's amazing but maximum five awesome and kaya we'll let you do the wrap-up but sam and kaya and, and me maybe we can share where people can follow us if they want to so on twitter i am at knut clay and i'm at the same account here on youtube in fact i got my own show coming up that's not why i'm rushing off in 15 minutes from now i go uh, 11 o'clock every evening. Sam, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Samantha CP underscore. And you can find me on Twitter at real Kaya May. Um, so yeah, I will let you guys go get on your th- with your lives and I will, you know, busy being adults and I will sit as a little gremlin in my bedroom and finish the stream. That was All a compliment right. to us, right, Sam? That was a compliment. Oh, that was totally sure. a compliment. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm the gremlin. I'm the gremlin. It's fine. That's my brand. Anyway, um anyways thank you for joining tonight and i will let you guys go great okay everyone thank you uh for making this stream quite memorable um considering you know we lost 5-3 in the first game of the season um then again Thank you for all, all for joining us on the wonderful STPN channel. Um, hope to catch you again on Saturday night at, or not Saturday night, Saturday afternoon around four-ish, I'd say, once um, uh, once the Philadelphia game is over. Um, so yeah, hope to see you again soon and uh, 
Peace out.